going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Hi, everybody. It is Thursday night again. Um, and I am walking across Broom Street, just like last week. Headed towards home from a long day at the studio. My eyes are a little weary. And the sun is at such an angle that it is absolutely going directly into my eyes. So I am walking with one hand on my eyebrows. Um, all's well. That's cracked. And I am feeling um, healthy. Did you hear that man help me out with my phrase? Anyways, um, oh, I thought I saw Nancy Dalva, but it wasn't. Um, so, how are you? I did not, in fact, forget to record the podcast this week. There is a substantial interview that you will hear momentarily. Um, I'll tell you about that in a minute, but first... How are you? How was your week? And are you watching anything interesting? I watched last night the first two episodes of, it's either called Hacks or Hack. Oh, people are mad. They're honking. It's one of those, this is Christie Street. Um, it's one of those like streets with a median. Always, those are the most terrifying streets in New York. You know, they the hardest to get across. Um, and it also has a very busy bike lane, like the kind of bike lane you might find in like Oregon or something, you know, where people really care about bikes. Um, do people care about bikes in New York? People certainly ride them. I even find myself on them from time to time on a city bike without a helmet. I'm sorry, everybody. It happens. Um, wow, people are wild tonight. It is uh, it's turning to summer in New York, but tonight is a little cooler than last night. It was quite muggy yesterday. It was like that first day where spring really um, gets clouded up by summer. But today we seem to be right back to fresh New York spring. Have a nice cool evening. And um, anyway, I was telling you about Hack or Hacks, starring Gene Smart and another young woman, younger woman. And um, I think it's going to be good. Episode one and two were really fun. It's It's got great um, supporting characters. Uh, Paul Downs. Uh, another young millennial that I like plays his hapless executive assistant. Um, so that show, that's something I'd watch. I, I did pick up Hands Made Tales again. Um, and I watched the first two episodes of season four. And I realized that there are now four episodes of season four, but I just don't know. 
if I can do it right now. I'll get back into it at a certain point, but you really have to be in a frame of mind where you can endure an hour of torture. And I'm just not there right now. Um, I don't want to sit down in between, you know, running around making clothes and rushing through the garment district and trying to even remember that I'm attempting to finish grad school to then uh, sit down and just watch someone um, essentially just be beaten and bleed and be devastated for an hour or two. So no handmaid's tale for me at the moment, but I will get back into it because I am curious how its writers can make... um, make a show where uh, a woman is miserable for years on end somehow they have figured it out um what will I have for dinner you ask well I may do a repeat from last night where I just chopped up a bunch of tomatoes and made a sauce with anchovies and garlic and red pepper flakes olive oil And then I cooked up some of these noodles that I bought at Murray's Cheese a few days ago. And um, even I was surprised when I got to the till and they were rung up as $9.99. And I said, I will take them. Additionally, I'll take this other shape of pasta in order to bring it to Jack and Jeremy's house for a nice dinner with Daniel Rampula. And Jeremy made delicious meatballs from Melissa Clark that we ate with um, $10 rigatonis. Anyways, it's actually not worth it to spend $10 on pasta. Um, The $10 pastas I ate last night were called Radiatore, and they're the most kind of complex radiator-shaped pasta. Very delicious, but look, Barilla... I know they're a problematic company. They probably hate gays. Most of Italy does. But um, their pasta costs a dollar or two, and it's great. It's great dried pasta. Even Trader Joe's, linguine, spaghetti, penne. Um, that is literally a dollar. And it's, I, I don't know that I could distinguish it from a fancy pasta and maybe I could but I haven't been put in that position if only someone would put a flight of pastas in front of me to to figure out which noodle was most expensive that's literally a dream come true I have been having absolutely vivid crazy dreams from which I wake and I think wow There is uh, no way I'll be forgetting that one. And um, not two minutes later, I have no idea what I was dreaming about. But they're all very deeply rooted in reality at the moment. Uh, Seems to be an element of anxiety in my dreams. Um, And that might be there till after I am done with school. Um, What else can I tell you? Maybe that's good. How long have I... It's been uh, 7 minutes and 45 seconds. Um, Here I am now. I'm about to get to Broadway, Hell Street. 
And has anything happened in dance? In a recent memory, there is a show at Abrams occurring right now. Um, and I just ran into Rebecca Wender and it felt like, you know, uh, momentous, like running into someone at a show. I mean, I wasn't going to the show, but I did run into someone in a performance venue and that felt vintage, you know, felt like revisiting the past. So that was dance. Um, have I watched a video of dance? I have not, but I am very curious for when Pacific Northwest Ballet releases Christopher Wielden's Curious Kingdom, which we did some costumes for a while ago um, that are, I'm trying to think of the right adjective to describe these costumes. They are eye-catching, that's for sure. Um, quite shiny. Shiny, and there's some color and accessories. and um, They're a statement. I'm going to go ahead and say they are a strong statement. And then on June 11th, mark your calendars, the Australian Ballet is going to do a live stream of Pam Tanowitz's Watermark. Um, and that will be at um, 7.30 Australia time on the, um, well, I mean, that's broad strokes. Let's say Melbourne time. I know Australia is a big country continent. Um, 7.30 Melbourne time, which is 5.30 a.m. New York time on the same day. So June 11th. Um, now, I don't know if this is going to be the type of thing that you can watch after the fact. And I have to assume it is because look I don't know that I'm going to get up at 5.30 to watch this thing but um, as much as I do miss the Australian Ballet and congratulations to the new batch of promotions and happy birthday to David Hallberg whose birthday was two days ago three days ago if you're in Australia and um, send him belated birthday messages I'm sure he'd appreciate it at any rate, congratulations again to those promoted at the Australian Ballet. I don't know how I feel about, um, you know, higher, well, hierarchy in general, but the kind of ceremony of announcing promotions. What do you guys think? I would be curious. I'd like to have a conversation about that because as a person, I'm imagining I'm a person in a ballet company not being promoted and sitting down in a studio as the director announces the lucky winners of a promotion. You know, I don't know how I feel about that. That's a hard, that's hard for me. Um, I guess it's not so hard if you're the young lady on Teams, the digital networking platform who gets promoted and cries. Um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful beautiful promotions um okay that seems like enough i love you please enjoy this very very good interview um it's not really an interview it's a conversation this conversation that was organized by our friend friend of the podcast andrew pearson 
he's now well he's a he's a fan and now a friend of the podcast um who works for famous organization leap out of california which is an incredible organization that helps dancers get their college diploma and we break down how it works and what's required in order to get one's bachelor's degree and um Andrew brought along Margot de la Bar. Bar spelled exactly like you're imagining it, just like the ballet bar. B-A-R-R-E, French style. And Margot and Andrew um, tell us all about Leap, and Margot and I learn that we are, in fact, spiritually linked in the time continuum we're all living in. Okay. Uh, I love you. And I hope you enjoy this beautiful conversation with Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, and Margot. Okay, here we go. We're starting a podcast. Are we scared? No. <laughs> this is this is our second podcast about. Oh, great! That's, for Margot and I. So if I don't know what I'm doing, you can you can tell me what to do. Sure, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we did um, the Count Nine podcast, um, which is a newer Count one. Nine. It's huh, all about, it's about it's about what happens after your dance career. Like, there's I think the slogan is like five, six, seven, eight. What is your Count Nine? Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's, that's good. good. I mean, that's. It takes a while to figure it out, but it, once you get there, it makes sense. The, the slogan is better <laughs> when they the the host has it written down on like the the logo, and I, it, oh, nice. it clicked for me right away when I read it. I probably didn't give it justice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, hello, Margot and Andrew. Welcome Hi. to this very um, nebulous podcast that I do still do. <laughs> Yeah, I was um, giving Margot a little background because I I've been listening for a couple of years now. Wow, I was trying to give Margot the lowdown, but like really, truly, we're in new territory. Yeah, well, that takes endurance, Andrew and Margot. Just to let you know, we're we've just passed episode two hundred. We're at episode two oh something at this point. Wow. And my co-host, former co-host Jack Fervor, is either on hiatus or gone forever. And so I have been kind of rethinking the what this podcast is. And every week it's sort of something else lately. But this week we're getting uh, back to business, it seems like, because the last few weeks have been um, freeform, one might say. <laughs> so welcome to my freestyle podcast. This week, we're doing a fancy three-way call. Margo, where are you? Um, I'm just outside of the city in New Jersey. I'm in Bloomfield, technically. And but... because and this because you're... And you generally would go into the city to work, but you're working remotely? Um, yeah, I do a little bit of both because my employer um, is actually in California, <laughs> the college that LEAP is 
not affiliated with that LEAP is offered through is, um, is actually in California, but I represent the LEAP program, well, on the East Coast, really, but mostly in the New York area. Oh, great. Um, and Andrew, where are you? I'm currently in Palm Springs. Um, I am normally based in Los Angeles, um, but moved here and got a, got a year-long lease here last August to, um, you know, have a little COVID uh, reprise while everything was closed. Wow. How hot is it there? Um, not too bad yet. Um, we are entering summer, so it's good. Last summer, when we moved in August, it was like 120 pretty consistently. What? What? Oh, what? wow. Horrible. Very hot. Well, as long as you stay indoors, I guess. We do have working air conditioning, and that is a lifesaver. <laughs> um, before we get into LEAP, I'm curious to know um, a little bit about both of your backgrounds uh, and if and your backgrounds relative to dance or not relative to dance. But uh, let's start with Margot and you give us a little a mini life story. <laughs> sure. Um, I was born and raised in New Orleans, actually, and um, I danced there primarily ballet back then. Um, but I started doing musical theater and then I moved into a career in musical theater. So as a Broadway girl, <laughs> um, you know, I worked pretty steadily for almost 20 years and did five Broadway shows. And, uh, and yeah, and I, I, I then started, you know, settling down. <laughs> I had my, it was when I had my second child that we moved out to New Jersey. I was in the city in Astoria in various, you know, apartments everywhere for years and years. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm New York based and have been, you know, since, oh gosh, what year was that? 98 or something. So yeah, I'm a New Yorker really. Wow. You're a Broadway girl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Margo, did you ever do, I don't even think, know if I know that. Did you do tours at all or were you just in New York? I didn't do any of the big, um, giant tours that you're probably thinking of. I did a couple of tours that were of, um, you know, I did a tour through Goodspeed. Um, I did, I did some touring, but not any of the big ones. What like was your first? That go on for two years. What was your first show on Broadway? Uh, South Pacific at Lincoln Center. Oh, wow. And then once you got that first one, was it kind of easier to then get ones after that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought so. Uh, because when before you get your first Broadway show, you're sort of like, okay, well, how do I get in? You know, I feel like you you want to go to get into the auditions for the big shows, but they want you to already have the credit. Yes, yeah, so it's a little bit of a um, a circle there. But um, I felt like it was it was easier to get the invited calls and the invited auditions and things. But it's not always the case. You know, it's different. And what's project. the union? The union for Broadway actors. Um, actors Equity Association. Actors Equity. Mm -hmm. What am What am I in? Leap. <laughs> no, Leap. No, I'm in um, United Scenic Artists, which is, uh, it's not, there's like an overarching union. Anyways, I should mm -hmm. know and I don't. Anyways, <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, what's your mini life story? Uh, I grew up in, outside of San Francisco in the Bay Area of California. Um, and... Let's see, I got into dance 
in like middle school, I had a friend who did a bunch of K-pop um, and I was like, that looks fun. Um, and I mm -hmm. started taking hip hop classes um, and then, but you know, like very white suburbia, Dolly Binkle dance studio hip hop classes. Um, and then quickly decided like, this is what I'm gonna do um, and started taking ballet because I had like researched, uh, my, my parents were like, you are going to college. That's like, that wasn't like a discussion. Um, uh -huh. So I was like, well, I can be a dance major, but to be a dance major, like I was looking at the auditions, like I'm going to have to have some ballet training. I'm going to have to have just more training. So I um, started taking ballet lessons when I was in high school. Um, and then I auditioned for a bunch of schools, mostly in California. And I ended up at UC Irvine. Um, getting my BFA in dance and choreography, um, and then when, I moved. Who 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 was directing the program then? Oh, the chair of the program when I was in it was actually our music teacher, the the guy who taught music for dancers and who was like an accompanist for a lot of our classes. Um, his uh -huh. name is Alan Alan Terrashano. Um, he was the chair um, when I was there. And, but the like, let, let's see, the big names when I was there would probably be Donald McHale was still mm -hmm. teaching. Um, Jody Gates was there. So she hadn't started USC yet. Um, mm -hmm. My kind of main mentors were David Allen, who's a um, former National Ballet of Canada dancer and choreographer and Loretta Livingston, who was a Bella Lewitsky dancer. Cool. Um, and then after college, what happened? After college, I moved to LA um, and I was with, uh, I pretty quickly joined LA Contemporary Dance Company um, and I was with them for six years. Um, and it's a part-time, more like freelance project-based company. Um, so I was also doing the LA freelancer thing, which takes many shapes and forms. Mm -hmm. And were you, were you doing work outside of dance while you were living in LA and being a freelance hustler? Yeah. I mean, when I first moved to LA, I was working at a coffee shop. Um, mm -hmm. And then I got fired. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got fired for choosing a dance thing. And they were like, oh, it oh. sounds like your dance is going really well. So you don't need to come back. And I was like, <gasps> except that, except that I still need money. Uh, yeah, except like I'm just gonna be over and then I won't get paid. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So, but it was good. It gave me the kick in the pants to like really figure out the next step. Which um, my kind of side hustle was um, teaching and uh, teaching fitness. Uh, so I started oh, wow. doing. I started teaching one of those bar classes, pop physique. Um, and mm -hmm. I did that for a few years, and then I transitioned into teaching for Equinox, um, and I did that for a long time. Um, so that was my that, along with like teaching dance, um, was what I was doing when I wasn't performing. Wow, dancers teaching fitness at Equinox's tale as old as time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We should um, thank you, Equinox, for supporting the dance community nationally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and maybe, uh, no, two years ago, they started, was it two, or it was right when Trump got elected. Um, 
Equinox started um, a healthcare plan for all employees, no matter how many hours wow. you have. So it was oh God, it really, incredible. truly did support me for a very long time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Truly. Thank you, Equinox, the Starbucks of exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, Margot, after you um, stopped being Broadway star, made a choice. Okay. I don't know that I was a star, but I'll take it. She's very helpful because there are times when I find things to post. Like I do some of the social media for um, Leap and I'll post, I'll like post things or I'll find old um, videos. And she's like, oh, I was in that. Very like casually. And we're like, Margo. Oh, right. Margo. (laughs) Margo, you're famous and we want to know about it. Um, (laughs) Oh, I'll just ask, uh, this is somewhat unrelated, and I, I know I already asked you what your first show was, but what was your favorite show to dance in or perform in on Broadway? Oh, my gosh. Um, I might get in trouble with people if I answer that. Um, oh, well. Uh, wow. uh, <laughs> I don't know. I actually, they were all very different. You know, I went from South Pacific, which was minimal dancing. It wasn't a ton of dancing. And, um, and then Anything Goes, which was all tap you know, tap, tap, tap. And then, you know, I also was part of Promises, Promises and Avida. So it's just all very, they were all very different. Whoa. So Okay. Um, which one, which one did you stay in the longest? South Pacific. I was in it the oh. whole run. So two and a half years. Wow. Well, that's nice that you weren't in kind of the theater district. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was nice to, um, to be sort of yeah, a little bit removed up there with a little less congestion because the word the Innovita we were at the marquee and that was getting into that stage door and out of that stage door right on 45th street was bananas. horrible yikes yeah that was, um, <laughs> that was crazy <laughs> um okay here's the next question did leap exist before you were involved in it absolutely Okay, so t- can you can you tell us a little bit about that about the history of Leap? Uh, Andrew, I, I, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if I know every detail of the history. Do you know? Oh, we don't. We definitely state? don't want to know every detail. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Fair here's enough. here's my understanding. I'm the newest. I'm the newest member of Leap, but here's my understanding of it, and or at least this is what I tell people. <laughs> um, okay, first, woman- can you start out with what does it stand for? Ah, Leap stands for Liberal Education for Arts Professionals liberal education for arts professionals and year literally decades of me hearing the word leap no idea i had no idea so now we know it's a real and and right now arts professionals specifically means dancers dance professionals um but leap is easier to say than like let it which would be the alternative i know that you're now going to talk about some of the history but why are other forms excluded? Because, so as it, um, that's a good segue. Um, So it began with um, a woman named Claire Sheridan, who was the Dean of Dance at St. Mary's College um, back when it, when Leap started 20 years ago. Um, And she was noticing that a lot of her dance colleagues were, um, you know, getting into their 30s, um, mostly ballet dancers, we're getting into the 30s and, and choosing to retire from dance and not really knowing or not prepared for the next step. And mm-hmm. as someone who was working at a college, she was like, well, isn't there something we can do? 
And um, there's this process called um, uh, PLA. PL Prior Learning Assessment. Thank yeah. you. Oh, so many acronyms I've never heard. So many. Pri- In academia, prior- there are acronyms everywhere. <laughs> Yikes. Prior Learning Assessment. Okay. So this is a test of some kind? It's, it's a process through which um, a uh, university can assess um, previously earned knowledge. Uh-huh. In an academic way. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that, that translates into you know, just saying, hey, you've lived, you've been out there living your life and out there in the world gaining knowledge uh, just from living it. And how does that equal what an 18-year-old might, (laughs) like, or how is that more than what an 18-year-old might know? You know, what have you learned and how can we assess that and put it in, make it into some sort of academic credit so that you can use it and move forward with that? Okay. So, so basically like through the PLA, they then, do you get some credits like um, towards your education? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So basically, well, okay. <laughs> uh, do you want, <laughs> let me, let me finish the, the history and then we can go into the like logistics of like how, cause, cause the, the logistics of the, um, the actual degree has also changed throughout the years, just as curriculum mm-hmm. has shifted and, mm-hmm. um, you know, leadership has shifted and things like that. But um, when Claire started the program, she, I think it was mostly San Francisco ballet dancer, San Francisco, uh, yeah, it's called SFB, San Francisco ballet. Dancers from that company mm-hmm. were kind of like shuttling over to St. Mary's campus, which is in Moraga, kind of near Berkeley. Um, mm-hmm and like taking classes on campus. Um, And basically the classes they were taking are like what we might call general education or like liberal liberal arts education. Um, And they're, because they had, because they were coming to the program with so much lived experience, including dance experience, they only have to take a handful of those courses to fulfill the degree requirements. Okay. Um, And so basically they, what it, it's like 10 and a half units of dance technique courses and like 10 and a half units of performance-based courses that just get added to their transcript. You just, you just yeah. get it because you already mm-hmm. did so much. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and the dancers have to sort of prove that they were a working professional, whether that's a pay stub or a playbill or just kind of saying, this is me, this is what I've done. Um, and this is why I, you know, have achieved, <laughs> um, enough for this credit that I'm getting. Right. Okay, great. So um, then when did, so at this point, it's just really local dancers, people who are local to St. Mary's. And then at what point does the foundation start kind of like bringing in people from all over the country? That's where my history gets a little muddy. I know that (laughs) um, a a man named Mark Baird um, was one of the first graduates. And he, okay. was, he was with San Francisco Ballet. Is that right, Margo? Am I remembering that correctly? Nobody knows, and I it's okay. So. Um, but he ran the program for many years, and he did. He expanded it, to my knowledge, yeah. So then it was, for a long time, it was New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco areas. Okay. And basically, if you were in New York, Los Angeles, or San Francisco, you were doing your 
courses through St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. But yes. you would do them on site. So when I, cause I actually joined the link program and I was part of it as a performer. And so we would go on a Sunday evening or a Monday night, whichever evening it was that we would go right to, um, where were we at the Pennsylvania hotel? I believe at that time we would go and sit and, you know, we would actually go in person to classes. And who were like in your cohort? Like what was represented through like, um, Which, where, what, all what different companies? types of dancers. Yeah. Um, New York city ballet, ABT, um, some concert dancers, um, and Broadway people, you know, it's all, all different, all different types of dancers are welcome and represented really. Yeah. There's all sorts of different types of dancers that, that are involved. And so doing the curriculum one day a week, um, what was the expectation in terms of how long this should take before you get a bachelor's degree? Andrew, do you want to take that one? Sure. Currently, it's it depends it's set up, on a few things. Yeah, it depends on a few things. Depends on on, yeah, what prior learning knowledge people are coming to the program with. Um, but in general, the there's ten core courses that they take, and we have mm -hmm. three terms per year. So if if a dancer goes straight through, then they finish those core courses in um, three years plus one semester. Okay. And then they're doing one at a time. That's yeah, that's if they do one at a time. Some do more than one at a time. Some take semesters off. We're we're pretty flexible with with how we accommodate a dancer's schedule. But yes, for the most part, if they have fulfilled all of the units, there's 126 units to earn a bachelor's degree. Um, 35 of those come from our core course. Mm -hmm. um, 21 come from like dance related stuff, another, uh, oh, my math is bad. Another like 10 come from what we call challenge courses, um, which we can talk about. Um, and then there's the prior learning assessment, which is a whole other category of, of assessing their previous knowledge. And then there's um, a section for transfer coursework as well. Yeah, there's a, there's oh. a certain amount of, um, you do have to get to the 126 units, which is what you need for a bachelor degree. Yeah. Right. So with just your kind of like dance and also the the core curriculum, you're not you're not to the 126. There's other stuff that has to happen. Right. Okay. So on average, yeah, uh -oh. I would say. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> just going to say that um, there's there's also different ways to get there. Um, as Andrew was saying, the the. PLA, the prior learning assessment, it comes into that we have the, they can get credit for their previous experience dancing with their, with our challenge courses. Um, but also they'll have the opportunity to learn to represent their prior learning in a different way by writing papers and getting credit for those papers that get submitted to the college for credit. So there's different ways they can earn uh, credit for their life experience. And uh -huh. so that happens, they, they learn how to do that in one of our core courses. So that's an opportunity. We also give our students the opportunity to submit certifications for college credit. Mm -hmm. They can, if they have yoga or Pilates or those kinds of things, they can submit that for credit as well. So we wow. take all of these ways that we're getting people, we're trying to get everybody as much, um, credit as we can. Yeah. I mean, and is there a kind of like, would you say, is there like an average time span that you would tell someone if they were, if you were like, I want to do leap, how, how long on average is this going to take? 
It's really up to the student. Um, okay. I would say the quickest is like two years. Um, what? Uh-huh. That is so fast. Very fast. Yeah. Um, okay. The longest is like 10, but that's, that's <laughs> like, that's if a student is, you know, goes away on tour and can't commit to, to a semester or, you know, leaves do, have a baby. Do and people get back. fired from leap? Can you get like after 10 years or you're like, your credits have expired? No. No, oh, wow. people ask me that all the time. They call and they say, you know, I was in LEAP 10 years ago. I'm so afraid that all my credits are gone. And I was like, that's illegal. They will never be gone. They're they're in, they're held. They're not going to disappear. Uh, wow. So, you yeah, know, no, my, college my, credit stays. It's yours forever. My <laughs> college credits from, I went to SUNY Purchase in 1998 and I only stayed until 1999 year and a half and my credits expired by the time I went back to school at FIT a decade later. No. What? It, I guess in the in the SUNY system in New York um a decade is as long as your credits will last and so then I had to take like English 1 with with 18 year olds at FIT. I have Isn't that never strange. I've never heard of that before either. Saddest we, story I ever we told. We also I mean we have a lot of students that are similar like they go they go to a year of college maybe right out of high school and then mm-hmm. they get a professional job and they never go back oh that was that's what i did <laughs> yeah i had you know nine college credits from 1998 and um and then oh my gosh are you and you and me the same we're the same <laughs> i think i think so um are you born in 1980 79 oh so sorry so i close. i aged you you did. That's okay. That's okay. I did I was already say I had a brain. twenty-year career, so I sort of aged myself. Wow! Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay, um, so your college credits did go towards your leap. Okay, mm-hmm. well, Margot, congratulations. Thank you. There were only nine of them, but you know, take. they count. They totally count. Yeah. That's that's another they, question that we have. You know, people come. People are like that. They took a few classes, like one class, and they're like, "Well, will this count?" Yeah, absolutely. It will go towards that that final 126. Um, but yeah, that's so interesting. I've never had a student transfer or try and transfer credits and have them be denied, no matter how long it's been. Sad. Well, you'll have to you'll have to take it up with FIT. <laughs> um, well, I have many many friends who've gone through the Leap program, particularly uh, California based dance friends and who now have their bachelor's degrees and has, you know, consequently qualified them for, you know, either bigger kind of administrative positions in the dance world and things like that. So I think what I've been experiencing in the last couple of years in terms of trying to get higher education without a bachelor's degree, because I only have an associate's degree from FIT, has been, you know, very challenging and really limited me. So I think to myself, I wish I had done leap. (laughs) We would have loved Um, to have you. I would have been an incredible asset to leap. (laughs) Absolutely. I agree. And is there any kind of like, um, I don't know how to say this, but like integration of cohorts throughout the country, like do people kind of get to meet and greet? That is a good question (laughs) i mean i think the way that it has worked out especially in the last you know year and a half of (laughs) pandemic life um 
it's it's they've had to zoom a meet and greet. I mean, you know, everything kind of moved online and there was some crisscrossing and so everybody has sort of gotten to know each other that way. Um but there's not right. a oh, lot yeah. of opportunity for that in that um when we are in person it's it's uh at least in New York there's you know San Francisco and New York where Pretty right. Far apart. You just you have to just show up to your conference room or whatever and be with the people you're with. Yeah. But the question and my other go ahead, Andrew. Well, I was just going to say, you know, pre-COVID, there there's a lot of crossover. Yeah, each city was kind of its own little section, but there would be a lot of crossover in terms of, you know, people take semesters off, people um, come and go. So like you you are meeting new people potentially every every semester. Um mm-hmm. And then the entire program would kind of come together at graduation on the St. Mary's campus. And that's when, you know, we really like integrated everything. But um, it's like we're in an interesting transition place because not only did COVID open up the possibility for LA-based students to be in class with New York-based students and San Francisco and vice versa, um, we also coincidentally not related to COVID have um, opened up uh, the curriculum or part of the program to be a fully remote, fully online program. Um, And so we are expanding beyond the three cities that we have historically lived in. And did COVID kind of teach LEAP how to do that? Has that been, because it's been kind of imperative right now? I would say COVID taught St. Mary's how to do that. LEAP knew how to do it, but COVID taught Uh St. Mary's. But wow, the college wow, wow. itself didn't have a, an online um, <laughs> little section until until we. Right. I don't know how to say it, how we pushed this, but like um, got it approved and and started making it work. Yeah. I don't know if you're experiencing this now that things are opening up a little bit, but now that we've kind of learned that everything can be accomplished through our devices. It's a little bit hard to go back. You're like, wait, now I have to get on the train to go to a place to meet people to do the thing. But can I just stay home and without my pants on? You know what I mean? <laughs> there, there's definitely a little bit of that. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. But I also have, um, I just finished doing, a, you know, we've just finished up with one of the courses. And, and I did get feedback from some people being like, uh, this course was really hard in an online format. You know, this without being able to get feedback from actual people sitting in a room and being yeah. able to just flag the teacher to come over here and talk to me. So there are, there are, you know, certain things that just are always going to work better in person, but, um, yeah. in general, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be hard to go back to being like, Hey, be here every <laughs> Sunday at 6 PM. Yeah. I, I am, I'm finishing up this MFA through UARTS this coming summer and, as of now, I've never um, met anyone in my class and I've, we've, I haven't had anything in person. Um, and we are, in fact, going to meet this summer in Philadelphia for like a six or seven week um, chunk to finish up the, the coursework as a, as a group. But um, which I'm really looking forward to. And it has been hard to like stay energized in the work at times through Zoom. But it has forced us all to um, figure out how to generate work through our computers, digital film and 
various mm-hmm. other kinds of like digital format, which for dance, I think is really beneficial Important. because yeah. da- dance really struggles from like, how do we hold on to the archive? How does the work live on beyond the stage? And right now, you know, having to generate projects and work that can't be on a stage, you know, we've all had to teach ourselves how to create in that way. And so for me, it's been super generative to spend this year trying to figure out how to use a computer, basically. <laughs> Same. I'm going through a similar similar experience because um, I'm also getting my MFA and in the oh same God, thing. Margo, I'm, I'm, you and me have really terrible <laughs> <are>. lives. Indeed. <laughs> um, but sim- yeah, the same. I crash course in uh, applications of digital technology, right? So, I mean, and for dance, that's so important, especially in this last year, because everybody said, how can we get our work out there? How can we show people what we're creating and and it's so important and it's come so far in this last year because everybody had to and I don't think that's going to stop I think it's just going to keep um happening more and more your your program was also low residency even before Mm -hmm. COVID right yes the program was low residency beforehand um and I'm about to have four weeks in person starting in two weeks but uh where's your program Margo I'm going to Montclair State Oh, amazing. Um, and mm-hmm. what's your ma- what's your major? <laughs> it's an MFA in dance. Oh my gosh, me too. MFA dance. When I when mean... I tell people that I'm always like, um, they're like, Oh, what are you doing for MFA? And I say, dance in this way, you know, but there's I've there hasn't been any dancing, but it's dance. Because it, it's for dancers <laughs> to learn about the exactly. other stuff. To integrate wow. everything else. Margo, okay, so that's great. So Montclair has a dance MFA. Will you, I mean, I guess under different circumstances, it's a different program, but what kind of is that program like? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's great. It's, it's, as Andrew said, it's low residency. And um, so that means that two semesters out of the year, the fall and the spring semester are made to be completely online um, and asynchronous. But um, then in the month of June, we go every day nine to six for a month and do all of that stuff. Uh, and we were supposed to start off with that last summer, which ended up of course being on zoom in my basement, just me, you know, dancing mm-hmm. in my basement mm-hmm. and choreographing in my basement, uh, with my kids Same. just stomping on top of me. <laughs> and one time my son, my six year old son ran down in his underwear and like ran around, you know, it's like, this, this is my life. These are the, yeah. these are the zoom yeah. moments we, we love and remember. Indeed. Um, and it's so funny because then it was so embarrassing. And now nine months later, we're all like, ah, oh, it's just my kid running through. We're all so used to it. We're like, oh, look, a kid. You know, now we love it. Yeah. I was so scared (laughs) on my first Zoom. I was like, oh my God, I'm on Zoom. It's so scary. And then after, well, at this point, I'm literally like under the covers. I'm, I'm cooking. It doesn't matter at at this point. People have done outrageous things on Zoom in my cohort. (laughs) So yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my program is very similar. And does yours happen just over two summers and one fall and spring? Um, no, last summer, last fall, this is the end of my third semester. And then I will graduate next May. So I have three more semesters. I have the, um, you know, the summer, the fall and the spring again. And next right. spring will be about my thesis. And yeah. 
Okay. Wow. Somehow UArts packs it in so that we finish after two summers and one full, one spring and one fall. Oh. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> you do a it's, larger. It's a slightly longer summer. Yeah. Yeah. We do yeah. do a larger residency in the summer. It's sort of like twice as long. But um, that's great. Everybody should know that. Two two low res MFAs for those those of you born in the seventies or eighties. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of our students, um, you know, like Margot, do go on to get second degrees, master's degrees. Um, but I, I I also want to just highlight that it's in all fields. Like a lot of dancers are like, well, mm -hmm. what am I going to do with my BA in performing arts? But then they go on and get um, a bachelor's or sorry, a master's in business or a master's in law. Kinesiology. Or yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, exactly. You just, you kind of just need that B in front of your degree yep. name in order to get into the M program. So yep. that, I mean, that ended up being very limiting for me when choosing a master's program because, you know, UArts did honor life experience in lieu of a bachelor's degree. So um, I, I was able to get, I don't know if that would apply at Montclair, but it didn't apply at many other programs. So anyways, and I love what, UArts what, and it, yeah. <laughs> nice. it wasn't a last ditch effort, UArts, if anyone's listening. <laughs> um. Okay, wait, did I have another leap oh, question? Oh, I, there's a question you asked earlier that I never fully answered, which was why is it only for dancers? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's that. because I think it comes from the fact that Claire Sheridan was the department, uh, the chair, the chair of dance department when, when the program was created. So a lot of the, what we call the challenge courses, the courses that give them credit for dance experience, um, they were developed and created by the dance department. So yeah. it's the dance department that's kind of giving the stamp of that's approval. housing it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and so, but if like, um, gosh, is there any wiggle room? Like, let's say I was a, a theater major at uh, Carnegie Mellon. Oh, that's a college. I don't know. <laughs> well, to answer your question already, because I know what you're trying to say is, um, first of all, I'll say that we are trying to expand that to include different types of artists, to include singers and musicians and, you know, a, a different types of performers but right now as Andrew said it was just it was created to be housed within this dance program and so right. that's how that's where it sits that's where it lives and that's how our curriculum was like oh you're going to get this dance credit you're going to get this this and so that's where it just has sat for a while and we're trying to figure out ways to expand that it just takes a little bit of time and effort but we actually were having meetings with people from you know, different departments to try to figure out ways that that might be able to happen in the future. So that is something that right. hopefully can happen in the future. Um, and we would love for it to happen. Um, but for right now, that's just how it was created. Uh, okay. But we do. But for example, if somebody is a, a Broadway person who is mostly a singer, but has been on stage and danced in a show or two or three or four, you know, um, in whatever capacity, that doesn't mean that they can't come just because they weren't, um, you know, didn't dance 20 hours a week for <laughs> their whole lives doesn't mean right. that they can't um, be a part of it. And we've had a few students like that who performed and danced, but weren't necessarily, you know, the biggest dancers in any show. Yeah. Dancer first. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I have two short questions. What, um, at how many dancers at any given time are going through the LEAP program? And the other side of that question is like, how many people have you graduated out of LEAP? Just numbers. And then the next question is, do you pay per credit? And how much would you expect a person to pay to get their bachelor's degree? Is that, is it gauche to talk about money? And we have to. <laughs> we do. I mean, I think that it's, 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 a, uh, it's part of our presentation when we, when we speak to new students, we definitely have to talk mm-hmm. about like, what are, what are you going to be paying if you say yes to this program? Yeah, um, we got to know. Yeah, let's, let's save that one. What was the first two questions? <laughs> how, how many people, numbers, how many people? It rotates. Um, it fluctuates. I would say um, right now, do we have maybe 30 active students in, registered for this summer semester or more than that? Mm, I think more than that. Okay. <laughs> it's hard to know because... Margo's going into her files. Well, well, it's, it's also hard to say because... Um, because if a student is actively registered there, because like we said, there are these primary courses and sometimes students are active and then they're like, oh, hey, I have to go away and do this for a year or eight months or right. three months or, hey, I'm, I'm going off. I'm going to I'm about to have a baby. I need like I need to take a break and maybe they but maybe they're going to come back to class next semester and maybe they're not going to come back for a year right. or two um, but we don't always know, but they're not necessarily completely gone, but they may not be active in any given semester. Um, we try to keep people through um, as much as possible, and it just kind of depends on everybody's situation. We'll have somebody who is like, oh, I want to get this eventually. It's fine. I can just take my time. And then there's the person who says, hey, I need to check that little box off. I need that B in front of my, you know, right. to to move forward, to get hired, to go do this. I, I have this job waiting, but I have to have this. And they're trying to get everything done as quickly as possible. So right. everybody's situation is is different. I just I did just um, look up my files. Um, okay. I have uh, on my files. list, I have currently 44 students that are that I'm managing. Um, and that's mm-hmm. just who I'm managing. We also have Stephanie managing a group of students and Margot managing a group of students. Um, and I would say maybe half of them are registered for classes this summer and the others are like either just coming doing and going or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going swimming this summer, so they'll be back in the fall. But is is acceptance into the LEAP program contingent on any kind of merit or is it just kind of experience-based? Two years paid professional dance experience. Oh, okay. So like you don't have to like have had an amazing GPA or SAT scores or anything like that. We don't do SATs. We don't, we, we do look at transcripts. You have to have graduated from um, high school and had, and or had a high school equivalence. Oh, I see. Do you remember the ACTs? Yes. Did you do that? Well, I, I forgot to take them. I literally woke up at school because I, I went to boarding school and I showed up to the cafeteria that morning. I was like, where is everybody? They had gotten on, they'd been, they'd been, they'd been bused to the facility where you take the ACTs. So I just didn't do it. No one I was came like, to get you? No, you had to be like responsible enough as a 17 year old to show up and get on the bus. And I was like, uh, I forgot. <laughs> so I didn't take the ACTs and I still got into college. 
Amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so the ACT is so, not a thing anymore? I have no idea. I can't believe people still take standardized tests. Um, okay, so here's the... Now we're going to talk about money. Are we ready? Sure. Sure. Okay, you, you tell us about it. Um, okay, so the uh, the program, the whole program, costs $30,500. Um, mm-hmm. And I always like to compare that to just to a few different numbers. So um, students who are getting the exact same degree at St. Mary's on campus, um, for the entire degree, they're paying over $200,000. Mm-hmm. Um, the and then if you you know reduce that to like a UC um, a University of California school like UCLA, um, they receive a BFA or a BA in performing arts or dance um, for I think right now it's around forty five thousand um, dollars. So total or per no, year total? That's total. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So no for in state, that might be for in state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because generally with the state schools, if you're coming in from out of state, you're going to pay a pretty penny. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I like I was at FIT for three years and they basically paid me to go to school there because I was in state. So with any kind of like (laughs) any like um, financial aid or scholarship, like it just kind of negated the very nominal tuition. So at any rate, yeah, live in state. That's the key if you want to go to college. But also $30,000 for a B, B degree is incredible. Right. So, I mean, it is it is significantly less than than most. I think the, the one system, I, I always compare it to schools in California because that's where St. Mary's is based. Um, mm-hmm. And so like the, there's the UC system and then there's the Cal State system. And I think the Cal State system is the only system that beats us in terms of cost um but you know that's four years full-time uh yeah you're taking a lot of yeah you're not getting any credit for prior experience yeah um the only variable cost is i kind of mentioned earlier there's some transfer units that are necessary to fulfill the degree um so Mm -hmm. some students come to us with those transfer units already earned because they've taken college elsewhere some of them um, need to fulfill those units and they'll fulfill them usually through um, like community colleges. So those, those final units that are needed to get to 126 um, cost significantly less. Um, and I think that it still comes out to at or around the cost of UCLA. Wow. And-, and they also have the option, sorry to interrupt, they also have the option to continue taking some of those courses through us if they want to. There's a, once, once they've paid their um, full tuition, as you said, the 30500 it drops down. There's a lower rate that we have. We'll say, oh, you're, you're at the continuing student right now. Um, and so they can continue through us if they want to. Yeah. Okay. So basically, like, you are responsible for the 30500 right away but you can pay it over time i'm assuming we charge it per core course okay so basically you will have paid it by the time you are done so it's not like so you can take 10 years Mm -hmm. yeah so if i do it in 10 years i'm just paying a little bit every now and then for whatever class i'm taking you only pay when you take a class are there i guess this wouldn't make sense but are there opportunities for scholarship or financial aid 
There are, uh, yes, to both. Um, a oh, student, wow. <laughs> we don't we don't have a, an in-house scholarship. Um, right. We, we kind of look at the program itself as the scholarship, considering the same degree from St. Mary's is $200,000. Um, totally. But the Career Transitions for Dancers has um, a one-time $2,000 scholarship, which Margo, you just yes. got that for a grad school, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I and did I too. I got used it. it. I Margo. Got it. <laughs> I mean, Marco. Yeah. Marco. Um, I did. I got them for both my for both FIT and for. I the, did too. I got. UARTS. I got it. Yeah. I got the other mom. Marco. I've uh, had enough of you. Why are <laughs> this is it. like single single white female? It's getting creepy. It's getting creepy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wait. So. Going back, yes, we're talking now about um, getting grant money from Career Transition for Dancers, which is a great option. Then, I mean, so there's also like a variety of scholarships that are out there. Um, I don't know a ton about like the different organizations that, but like basically if you qualify for a scholarship and you have a private organization give you that scholarship, you can use it for right. any college. And our students do qualify for regular financial aid. You know, that's right. that's available at colleges all over the place. So they, they definitely okay, um, are able to use all of those um, popular ways to go about help, getting help to pay. And financial and, aid oh, here's comes in two forms. The, there's there's well a few there's two different types of like federally um, subsidized student loans that they can qualify mm -hmm. for. And then some students also qualify for Pell Grants, which are which is money you can't you don't have to pay back. Oh, great! Oh, here's one more question for Margot. Would you say the because um, I, I I only know the process of paperwork for career dancers and for dancers, which is like very extensive. Is it similar for Leap in terms of proving your experience as a professional dancer? Um. No, that that paperwork for career transition, they're they're serious about that, which is great. They need to be. Um, yeah. No, for leap um, to prove your professional experience, it's actually just a simple, um, simple ways to prove that. It can be a playbill that shows you, you know, your name that you were part of a couple different things. You could be um, pay stubs. I can't, you know, with the appropriate things blacked out, but pay stubs showing that you were employed by a company. Yeah, it's not extensive. Um, we don't need extensive proof, just something right. that shows, you know, yes, right. I did this. Yes, she was part of this. Yes, he was part of this. Yeah. Okay, great. Some of my commercial dancers send a lot of videos or like a screenshot of their IMDb. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's a lot of different avenues of doing that. And this is also serves as a warning from Margo and I that if you are applying for a career transition for dancer grant, you are going to really have to do some excavation into yes. your file boxes to mm -hmm. to prove to them um, your your how how long and how much you worked. But anyways, that's good for me they to just know give because you, they... I might do grad school at some point. Oh my, I hope you have your pay stubs. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> it's yeah. Or something. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And what was crazy was I did the undergraduate one. And then by the time I was applying for the master's one, they were like, well, we don't have any of your paperwork anymore from the last one because now we're we're run through the actors. It's different. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So so they, I was like, you don't have any of it. <laughs> but anyways, it's it still worthwhile. You have to gather, gather, gather. Um, OK, that was incredible.
You think so? Margo and, Margo and Andrew, this has been incredible for everyone to learn, and I hope that you get oh, tons of new students. I would. Oh, go I, ahead, I do want to say one thing because because yeah, we've please. we've just gone through this really extensive process of of getting our online, you know, accreditation. Um, I want to know. I want to let people know where where they can access our program from, um, and the so we have to get state by state approval. Um, the the college is accredited or the program is accredited to be offered, but then every state has different rules. Um, and so currently, if you reside in California, Colorado, Florida, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, New Jersey, or Ohio, you are good to go. Sign up for our program. We can get you in, you know, right away. If you're not in one of those states, still reach out because we are in the process of expanding and it's helpful for us to know where we have interest so we can put our attention there oh interesting okay okay i thought you were about to just start singing that song the states <laughs> uh, I, I don't know i don't uh, know it. Damn. alaska arizona <laughs> um well it sounded like quite a few states but certainly not all of them so yeah express your interest so leap is forced to expand everybody please yeah um do any parting words? Thank you so much for your time. I, this has been an incredible resource for whoever it is that still listens to this podcast. <laughs> um, this is yeah. great. I you just want to say thank you to Reed. Yeah. I mean, thank you for, for promoting or, and helping and, and believing in this resource. Anytime yeah. I wish with all my heart that I had done Leap as a young dancer so that I wouldn't have run into all these complications in the future, you know, which is now the past. <laughs> That's how long my life is at this point. You know, the future is also the past. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think about that. Um, Margo, it was so nice to meet my kind of um, time twin. Totally. So nice to meet and, you. And Andrew, it's very nice to see you again. Nice to see you again. And I'll let you know next next time I'm in California. Please do, yeah. I miss it. I, I wish, wish, I wish I was, I was there, there still. <laughs> it's uh, but anyways, it's a pretty great place. I do have to say. And Margo, let me know if you're if if you're ever in the city, Margo, and you want to have you know a snack. Let me know. Oh, absolutely. Um, okay, thank you, and say goodbye, everybody. We're not going to hang up, but we're going to say goodbye to the listeners. <laughs> goodbye, listeners. Bye. Goodbye, listeners. We loves you.